Welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast. This is not at all how I pictured bringing you episode 11. If you would have told me episode one of this season that I would be spending episode 11 and 12 in quarantine, I would have told you you were crazy. But here we are nonetheless. Um, I'm in Los Angeles, you guys know that, and we are technically on full quarantine. I... uh, it's it's just been wild. Um, I have a, a rescue dog in my lap right now because we are fostering a dog, um, trying to keep up with the day-to-day, filed for unemployment, did all the things you do when a pandemic knocks out your entire job force. Uh, I don't really know what's going to happen from here. I, uh, I can tell you this for the time being. I'm going to keep bringing you content. Of course, episode 12 of this season, the finale, will go out next week um, as per usual. And uh, I'm still working on bringing you self-tape roll um, for next month because we're going to have time. And I think it's good to keep motivated um, on not just your own schedule but someone else's schedule. I mean, nothing keeps me motivated than someone else giving me a deadline other than myself. So I'm still going to go through with all that stuff. Uh it's just a lot has changed and I, I'm still kind of figuring things out. Um, but we forge onward, we keep doing the things. I, uh, interesting content is coming in the days ahead. Um, based on, uh, this year was supposed to, for me personally, be the year I worked so, so hard on my acting career. And, um, I've definitely gotten to do that over the last four months, but, uh, um, this has really derailed a lot of things. Um, it's going to change significantly, um, my push forward. And I would normally cut something like this out, but I think it's important you guys know if you feel like so deeply affected and people around you don't understand, I understand. Um, it's probably going to change a lot for me for the upcoming year. Um, I'm going to figure my way around it, but I just want to be really honest with you guys that I'm not really sure what it means yet. (laughs) I think our industry taking such a big hit uh, is going to cause a bigger push. And listen, I might be wrong about this, but I think it's going to cause a bigger push for when projects do start happening again. They're going to need money and they're going to need big names to go along with the money. Uh you know, like I said, I could be wrong, but I think that means it's going to put a lot of us who are small potatoes a little further behind. And if we already are struggling financially uh, after this, I think it's it's going to be really hard. Um, so I'm here for you guys. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, whatever I can help you with, I'm still going to do a podcast because that's fucking free. Um, but uh, I just want you to know you're not alone because I think a lot of the people who are creating content and doing things right now are are being so helpful um but I don't know how many of them are actually on the level that I am on with you so there you go that's your dose of reality I cried on my own podcast you're welcome so embarrassing let's get to the episode let's get to the episode let's first go over our simple paperwork for this episode of course we are sponsored by weaudition.com if there was ever a better fucking time to be on we audition i don't know what it is not only do we have self-tape roll coming up where we going we're going to be doing self-tapes um all month long audrey helps actors i know you guys love her podcast she has self-tape may coming up right after that and if you're stuck in your house which 
probably you should be if you're listening to government guidelines and trying to keep people safe, then you also need weaudition.com. If you use code BROKE25, it's only $7.50 a month, which is about how much I have to invest right now (laughs) in my career. So weaudition.com, use code BROKE25 for that membership, and then we know you're listening and using it, which is even better. Uh, We are also sponsored by Circumpunk Photography Studios. Circumpunk Studios bring you some of the best editorial shots I have ever had. She also has 50% off. Victoria at Circumpunk Studio is running 50% off of her headshots right now. So hit her up on Instagram, Circumpunk Studio, and check her out. And make sure you tell her you heard about her through One Broke Actress. And she's going to give you two edited images additionally to your package. It's a value of 80 bucks, guys. Save that cash money. If you got money to spend on photos right now, I mean, and by right now, I mean (laughs) in a month when we're out of quarantine. (laughs) It's so weird, you guys. It's so weird. If you uh, are going to be um, investing and spending on your career, uh, get your shot list together and go see Victoria. All right, guys, let's get into the episode. Enough of me. Um, This week, I'm so excited to have my friend Matthew Solomon on the podcast. We worked together on a film that was originally coming out in April more to come on that. Uh, But we have been friends ever since. He is a brilliant actor and he is on quite an upswing in his career. Um, He has done a lot of commercial work and one of his commercials actually changed his life in a way that he got to quit all of his side jobs just recently. He has started to have his first true pilot season this year. He's really on a fun place in his career that I think is great for us to capture because it's just like a fingertips out of reach for a lot of us. And so getting to talk to him about where he is, what his plan is, what his definition of networking is, and how he keeps himself open to new opportunities constantly, he is really good at this. He is so good at maintaining relationships in this town. I think you will learn a lot from him on that particular one. We also hit on postcarding and, oh my gosh, so many different little things in this podcast. Uh, You guys are going to realize how much I love him as it goes on because he's just... Just, he's the best. I love Matt. Uh, So keep in mind, please, that this episode was recorded uh, about a month ago. So it was before any of this craziness had happened or that we knew of was coming toward us. So keep in mind, it's it's a little more lighthearted, maybe a nice break for you guys from the constant news cycle that we're going through. Uh, Also, Matt and I talk a lot about the movie we did together, Followed, which was slated to come out on April 10th. Obviously, this movie is not coming out on April 10th because movie theaters will be closed. Uh, They are figuring out what the next step with that are, so you can just ignore any release date information about it. Um, But but regardless, I think you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy Matthew Solomon. We're going to try this again. (laughs) We're live now. (laughs) Some technical difficulties today, nothing we can't handle. Hi. Hi, Sam. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad I'm here, too. Thank you for having me. You know, this is my very first podcast. Really? Mm-hmm. It's the first podcast I've ever been on. That surprises me. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. You seem like <laughs> such a podcast guy. Maybe, do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I listen to so many podcasts. Mm-hmm. I listen to your podcast. 
Oh, thank you for the endorsement. Uh, I appreciate absolutely. That. Your podcast is great. I'm <laughs> fully, uh, shoot, I'm totally blanking on her name right now, but the um, headshot photographer. Leah. Yeah, Leah. I'm fully going to go to her for my next round of headshots. Oh, yay. Oh, oh yeah. It fully convinced me. You guys would be so good. <laughs> the cutest thing happened. Leah's um, dad just sent me an email saying, I, my red I heard your podcast with my daughter. That's so cute. And it, he was like, it was so good. And if I wasn't, wasn't an old fart, I'd be taking headshots with her after oh, your podcast. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's so sweet. Well, I, I, I also used to work, I mean, I still kind of do in like the stand-up comedy world. I don't do stand-up. I hate, I, the idea of doing stand-up is terrifying. I was like, that I did not know about no, you. No, I don't do stand-up. Um, I love the uh, production of it though. And I love the people who work in that world. And a lot of those people have podcasts. And I was like, oh, I, I remember I was like just out of college and didn't understand how anything worked. And I was like, can I be on your podcast? It was, and people were like, we, we actually have listeners. You, like, wh who are you? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Let me be on your podcast. I'm entertaining. <laughs> okay, just like, so I know you only through acting, which is Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I love connecting with people that way. I know. It's it's weird how you, like, I feel like you're one of my best friends and I see you, like, m m once a year. The the last time I saw you, you made that little comment about summer camp. Yes. And it's completely like that, where you just, like, develop a super tight bond with somebody and you get to know them really well and you've had this very specific but wonderful experience together. And then anytime that it brings you back together, it's like a family reunion. It feels it feels great. And it feels the same. Yeah. And I, just for the, uh, the uh, listeners of Sam's podcast, uh, this girl was truly my saving grace on our set. Aww. You were the probably one of the best parts of that entire experience. And I'm like super glad that I got to work with you. You're also incredibly talented. <laughs> well, you can go now. <laughs> Thanks for coming. That's, <laughs> That's all, all I was here for. That's no, all you needed this me This was for. a commercial for next season. I appreciate <laughs> what if yeah, I put no this problem. in the front of my reel? <laughs> that would be probably a poor choice. I don't know. I think it might work. Be something different. Yeah, people would be surprised by it. Yeah, I love a surprise. And that, 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 that shit works. That's all I can look for these days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I wanted to bring you on and talk to you because every time we get to hang out, mm -hmm. you have so much to say about acting and we just fall mm -hmm. down a rabbit hole of talking about stuff for forever. And this is true. Because we have been on such sets together in which you were the lead of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about much. that. Um, but we had such a fabulous time and I think talking to other actors you've worked with on a set and mm -hmm. what makes a good set and what makes a good acting partner and those yeah. kind of things, even though we might have been in a slightly like outlandish movie in which like we were encouraged to improvise often and things like that. I know, which I wish <laughs> I had. I think I did realize just how lucky we were at the time to be doing yeah. that. It was, well, we'll, you know, we'll get to that. When yeah, we get to the movie. It, was, it was a very special, very special set. Um, but why don't you tell us why you're an actor? Wow. Okay. You have five words. You have five words. <laughs> in one word, tell me, uh, describe yourself in entirety. Um, oh I am an actor because I don't think I have any other choice, <laughs> truly. And um, it's not because I can't imagine myself doing other work. It's because I am addicted, and it's because I am in love. Um, <laughs> um, I. I think my first play was when I was like three. One of those classic stories. I was playing Ashanti the Spider in something or other that I some summer camp thing, and I was like, "Oh, this is right. This is what I want to do." And then uh, I actually met Robert Redford when I was six because his grandchildren and my brother went to the same middle school. I was like, "If he was at your summer camp play, God, I'm I wish." Be so <laughs> no, but I remember, and then and. I was at a soccer game and he just like randomly introduced himself to me for some reason. He, we were sitting next to each other 
And somebody comes up to me and goes, you know that that's Robert Redford, right? And I'm, I'm a six-year-old. I'm like, who? <laughs> Did he say, hi, I'm Robert? He, yeah, he was like, hey, I'm Robert. I was like, hi, I'm Matthew. My friend is playing soccer. It was like You're that six. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it was super sweet about it. I like remember it very well because somebody came up to me and made such a big deal out of it. That's adorable. And then I was like, oh, actors are really cool. And I really like acting. Okay, I guess this is what I'll probably do for the rest of my life. And then I was right. <laughs> and that's wow. kind of it. And I, you know, in high school, as I was approaching college, I was like, oh, that's not realistic. I definitely should not do that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do advertising or something creative that is like, um. I like how we all tried to circumvent acting for as long as possible. Right, of course, because everybody tells you it's a bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, like, that's not realistic. It kind of is. <laughs> like, listen, I've, I've made a lot of bad choices in my life, and this, I don't think, is one of them. <laughs> no, honestly, at this point, I don't. It, you know, it can cause a lot of heartbreak, but uh, I don't regret any of it. Um, and then I went to Boston University's Summer Theater Institute when I was in high school and okay. spent, I think, six weeks there doing just like a lot of experimental theater and a lot of scene work with actors. And one of the teachers there said, you know that acting is a viable career. It is, you don't have to be Jennifer Aniston. And if you want to be Jennifer Aniston, you better start now because you're all 17 and you need to go start right now. Um. Can we just give a small shout out to that teacher? Because that's the best advice a teacher has given to an actor that I know. absolutely. It's like, if you really want to be famous and like, that's what you want, um, you want to be Emma Stone, who like famous, has a famous story of making a PowerPoint for her parents when she was 16 (laughs) and like moving to Los Angeles because of that. Um, then do that. And if you are a teenager listening to this podcast and you're really serious, which I hope you, should, I hope you are before you move to L.A., yeah, uh, uh, start now. But for those of us who started, who chose the collegiate route or started later in life, it, it, there is a career to be had. Um, you yeah, don't have to so be nice famous. it's so nice that someone told you that. Yeah, I feel super blessed. And it fostered a really healthy mentality from the beginning mm. because I also, like, Obviously, accolades and being recognized for your work, that's all really exciting. But, like, I'm not, I'm not an actor because I want to be rich and famous yeah. because um, that's a pipe dream. And yeah. a very small percentage of us reach that point. It's like being an entrepreneur because you want to be Steve Jobs. Yeah, exactly. It's well, like, cool, cool, cool. Bring it down. Yeah, <laughs> way to go, Jeff Bezos, you know? <laughs> not saying that you all can't be whatever you want to be. Yeah, be, do what you want, of but course. be realistic. Okay, yeah. go on. <laughs> um, so when that happened, I was like, great, I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do this. And I had the conversation with my parents as I was applying to colleges, and I thought that they were going to be like, absolutely not. Um, But they were super supportive about it, and they have been my entire career. That's amazing. Um, So I went to University of Southern California. Um, I was not in their conservatory, but I did study at the theater school, and I studied a lot at the film school, which I also think is hugely helpful to uh, having gotten me where I am today. And, you know, the rest is history. Uh, I've been in Los Angeles now for... If you count my time at USC, eight years. Yeah, but I count it. Yeah, it definitely counts. You were still making relationships. You were still living in the town. Yeah, exactly. But you don't leave campus so much, so it's sort of like half living in LA. That's in okay. I barely leave my house these days. <laughs> Honestly, if I don't have to leave Los Feliz, I'm not going to. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, I like to go to the bar down the street and yeah. my gym, which I can walk to. Like that's, Oh, that's the best. That's it. I, I don't just like to do anything. I, this my, is the farthest I go. My gym is in Echo Park. Well, you know, Pharaoh said so my gym is in Echo yes. Park. Well, now everybody knows where I go to the gym, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that kind of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, I go to Ferris and Echo Park, which I used to be able to walk to, which was the best feeling in the world. Yeah, yeah. And now I have to drive, and it, it is annoying. Yeah, that place is awesome, though. It's really dope. 
Oh, you'll come. You'll come with me eventually. I know we gotta work out. Oh, together. I have your water bottle. It's in my <laughs> car. <laughs> Matt's had my my lonely soul water bottle for a couple weeks now, yeah. and it's been slightly devastating. Do you see this sad cup I'm drinking? I don't think that cup is that sad. I think <laughs> that you're being hyperbolic. <laughs> sticker is peeling off. Regardless, I still love you, and you're still an actor in my heart. So okay, so you're out here acting. So the trans. Let me talk to you about this because I yes. think this is fascinating. Okay. The transition from USC when you're doing film mm-hmm. with school people and right. doing that kind of world into the real world of acting in LA. Yeah, totally. How intense was that transition? What was it like? It was really hard. It was very, very difficult because what you've been doing is you've been spending all of your time with other students and they are all just at the entry level of their careers as well. And we all know that in Los Angeles, having friends in successful positions is a huge part of getting ahead. Mm-hmm. So all of your friends are assistants who really ultimately can't do you that much good right out of college. And then, for instance, USC has the the BFA and the BA for the theater majors. The BFAs all get a showcase at the end of their time there. Mm-hmm. And they're all also pretty much being scouted their, enti- their, their entire time at USC. Um, so you're seeing some of the people, and then some of the BAs as well do a really good job of getting reps really quickly. Okay. You're seeing all these people get repped, get signed, um, and sometimes they book stuff within the first year. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. For me, I had the opposite experience where I was really struggling to find a rep immediately. I was super non-union. All I had was student films. I didn't really have much going for me at the time. Did you live in an apartment with roommates? I lived in an apartment with two roommates. Um, At that point, uh, and I I fully believe in dispelling the myth about finances. I was super getting help from my parents at that point because I had just graduated college. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I am not one to uh, lie about that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Um. So I, and, and I was really spinning out because I was like, everybody else is doing it and I don't really know how to start. So what I actually ended up doing is I had interned for a really terrible agency, kind of a scam agency back when I was in college. Okay. And um, I had gone that internship through USC, which like they really should have been um, check, checking out these companies better before they started letting people <laughs> intern at these places. Um, they signed me for commercial and they actually did book me my first non-union commercial job. Okay. Which I never got paid for. I love. Don't you yeah. love a non-union commercial paycheck? Oh yeah. It's like, uh, when do you want to pay me? Do you want to? Do you want to pay me? Well, and it's. I'm pretty sure that the agency did get paid, and they just didn't pay me. Oh, that's problematic. Yeah, super problematic. Granted, it was three hundred dollars for a like twelve hour day. Right. But of those three hundred dollars would have been nice. Yeah. Of <laughs> which they would have made thirty. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just like, <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, the bit, the best thing that I did, and um. Thank God I had this connection. My mom's old roommate from New York in the 80s lives in Marina Del Rey, and she was a model and a commercial actress when she was younger. And she had a friend um, at Ocean Park Casting, Bridget McBride. Mm -hmm. Um, And I interviewed to actually be her casting assistant um, full-time. And I was sitting there, and I was at this point where I was like, I mean, I don't have any... Roots for my acting career. This is a great connection, but I also don't want to have a full time job with this person because it doesn't make sense for me to give up all of my time to this commercial office. Yeah. Because I want to be able to be taking classes and meeting more people and like auditioning if those opportunities come. And, you know, of course, self submitting on Actors Access and trying to get as much footage as possible. So they, they were like, we want to bring you in for a second interview. And then I ended up saying, look, I, I don't think I should take this job, but here's a friend of mine who's looking for work. And it would be a really, really great assistant for you. She ended up getting the job. And because of that, I ended up becoming a part-time assistant in the office. 
And that is how I ended up with my first commercial agent. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was playing the game, really. Yeah. Uh, and kind of taking a risk, too, and a risk that I ended up pulling off, uh, uh, paying off. So that was sort of how things started to move along. Okay, so that was your first legitimate Yeah, that was my first agent. legitimate agency, okay. <laughs> which was at age 22, almost 23. Okay, um, you were still non-union. I was non-union. I didn't have any credits. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that non-union commercial I had um, booked with the bad agency was... It was for a Korean market, and it was maybe for Samsung. We don't. I don't actually know. Don't you love? <laughs> this is this is something people don't explain to you. I feel like when you first start, that a lot of the commercials you do, one, you'll never fucking see them. No, never. Two, oh my god, you'll never understand like half of them what they're for. Like I've done no. stuff for like legal companies. Um, uh-huh. Is there a legal company? And they're like, not really. I'm like what? Am I reading this dialogue? Yeah, for? exactly. Exa- exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. And here, here is one thing that I really wish I had been more aware of back when I booked that commercial because they actually did. Ha- they had like a guy from Daniel Hoff who was one of the actors on the set. You know, they had like, like actors from much better agencies on set. Mm-hmm. And I was not at a place where I knew it was really okay or that I had the bravery to just be like, hey, can I hang out with you, get a drink, get a coffee, talk to you about your agency, and then maybe ask for a referral. Um, because, and this is something that I wanted to talk about today, one of the best things that you can do, uh, my friend Daniel, who's a musician, gave me this advice. He said, the best thing you can do for your career is just be a chill person to hang out with. <laughs> just be like a cool person to hang out with and people will want to help you. Yes. Um, and I didn't, you know, I had those opportunities in front of me and I didn't work them as well as I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a big part of what I'm doing now, you well, know, so. And I feel like work them makes it sound like it's a, kind of pushy sometimes, whereas mm-hmm. it just means being slightly more social than you might have been before. Yeah, exactly. Just don't be afraid to ask people to hang out. You know, people want to talk about themselves and they want to talk about you. I mean, Actors really want to talk really about themselves. Talk about themselves. <laughs> Hello, Hi. I have a podcast. Hi, I am on your podcast. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you uh, say that because I remember my first commercial audition, uh, my first commercial booking, actually, I kind of stayed away from the other actors Mm -hmm. because I was so embarrassed that it was my first one. Really? And they were all, I'll never forget it, they were Uh all talking about um, all of the other things they've done and they were talking about this spot that's coming out and that spot that's coming out. Mm -hmm. Part of me thinks that they were lying because they were all non-union actors. Yeah, they must have been. Uh, But at the time, I remember thinking, I am unfortunately the only person here with zero experience and so I just sat so quietly Mm -hmm. and I stayed away from other people as much as possible right? because I didn't want anyone to know that I was brand new. And then I've been on sets now where someone will say, this is actually my first booking and I'm so excited for them because I get to be a part of their first day and I get to also... Hell, like if, if there's someone you want to talk to your first mm-hmm. time on set, it's probably the person who's been interviewing people for yeah, three exactly. years about acting. And uh, let me say, when we were on set together, that was you were so you brought that energy like a hundred and ten percent, and it made it so much better. Because it can be very a very down experience for sure. And if you're already self conscious mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you're in the right place, it can kind of set your brain against how fun a set can be. Yeah, absolutely. And we shot that we shot that movie what in 2017? Mm-hmm. I think it was in October of mm-hmm. 2000, which Indeed. is crazy because it's now 2020. A billion years ago. A billion years ago. And um, 
uh, I was still at a point where like I didn't have any credits. I had booked that movie myself mm-hmm. the year prior. It's a whole crazy thing. That's so crazy. It's so wild. Uh, uh, but that just shows you where I was at in my career because I had booked a project a year before and I didn't have an excuse to quit it because nothing was really happening in my career. Um, but I think it's really special if you can bring the type of enthusiasm and excitement that you have from when you first start getting on sets mm-hmm. into sets later. I remember oh, for sure. when I was lucky enough to interview Max Greenfield, mm-hmm. he said... Oh, I listened to that episode. I loved oh, that episode. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's, he seems like a wonderful he guy. He said, um, if you guys haven't listened to it, you should go back. It's like, one of the, weirdly, one of the top episodes. Don't know why. Shocking. Uh, he said that he has to literally calm himself down every time he pulls up to set mm-hmm. because he's like, I'm just so excited to be here. <laughs> and I feel that same way too. Even when I'm tired, I get in front of people and I'm like, oh God, this is so special. And yeah. so if it is your first time on a set, I just want to say, be don't be obnoxious. Don't be exhausting. Like mm-hmm. you said, be chill. Mm-hmm. But also don't be embarrassed if it is your first time on set or one of your first few times. Don't feel like you need to be the kind of person who acts like they've been on a set a billion times yeah. and is like too cool. Don't it's be afraid to ask questions and yeah. don't be afraid to crack jokes. That's another thing. I think that a lot of young people, especially actors are so afraid to ask questions and sound like they don't know what they're talking about. And you're never going to find out. You're never going to learn that information if you don't actually just ask somebody. Yeah. And uh, honestly, that's a lesson that took me a really long time to learn and that I am truly still learning. And and when you start asking these uh, people that you view as sort of these like high-end professionals, mm-hmm. these questions that you're afraid to ask, you you will be surprised by how receptive they are and how much they want to help. There are people who I am meeting these days in the industry who are like, uh, uh, who have articles written about them and they're like these intimidating figures and they're some of the most helpful and genuine people that I've met. Fantastic. It's the best. Hear. It's the best thing because it's just like, all right. And you're and you know, you are gonna get a, a bad egg every now and then who's kind of an asshole. Yes. Um, but you have to remember that there are the other ones out there that are really genuinely caring and sweet and mm. want to help you out. So I mean, yeah, like don't go ask like the showrunner what a day out of day's schedule is. <laughs> but maybe ask your nice agent or your good acting friend exactly. or another actor on set. Exactly. Like, don't bother people, but it's still okay to ask questions. Yeah. And I always say you need to ride the line between being like annoying and um, persistent. Uh, That's a t- <laughs> it's a tough line. It's Matt. a really <laughs> tough line to walk for sure. I find that it is easier to walk if you have something that you need to talk to them about or an update. You know what I mean? That's kind of, those are the times that I know I'm sort of allowed to kind of bug somebody yeah, and send yeah. them an email. I'm like, oh, news. I've got news for you. Or, hey, this is an answer that truly you and maybe two other people could answer for me. I think um, that's very smart. Yeah. So while you are starting to work with this new commercial agent you got mm-hmm. via these interviews that for mm-hmm. the job you just ended up with part-time, which is hilarious. <laughs> What were you learning along the way about your acting? And were you also trying to get into theatrical? I was trying desperately to get into theatrical. <laughs> Nobody was signing me. It was crazy. And I was not booking with this really great agency either. Um, the commercial agency? The commercial agency, yeah. It was uh, it was DDO, okay. um, who I'm no longer with. But I they was were, with them at one point as well. Yeah, they, you know, they have a, a, a solid reputation. Which is, which is also another point. God, you just keep making beautiful points. <laughs> which is also another, I think, good point to say. Just because an agency is a good agency doesn't mean they're a good fit for you. Exactly. And sometimes a bad agency, or not a bad agency, but like a small unknown, is a great fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I so they ended up wrapping me for both commercial and voiceover, which was awesome. Great. 
but I wasn't booking anything. And I actually started doing some showcases around Los Angeles, the pay to play ones, mm-hmm. um, which, what year was this? Um, uh, this was right before the whole casting scandal. That was my question. Um, but these companies that I was doing it with, these two places that I was doing it with are still in business and Fantastic. still are still allowed to do it. Um, do you but know what they are? Are? The ones that I'm doing that I've done. Yeah. Um. There's Actors Company. Okay. And then there's the Jeremy Luke Showcase, which is a referral only. Showcase. He does referral ones. Yes. yes. I've I've uh, I've I haven't done them yet, mm-hmm. but I have been referred many times. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> well, so the Jeremy Luke Showcases are actually how I ended up after all this time signing with my current talent and commercial agency. Fantastic. And my current manager, and they have at this point definitely paid themselves back. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. So you showcased your way to new representation? Yeah, I showcased my way to new representation. And I wasn't even doing it super frequently. And the advice that I have for anybody who's going to do one of those showcases is write your own material. I'm sure that you've heard that before. Oh, no, I haven't actually. Oh, really? No. Okay, so the monologue that got me both of these places, I took the opening voiceover from the movie Manhattan, okay. which is just about being like a neurotic writer, which is very much what I play. Wow. Yeah. Are you dressed for it today? <laughs> How dare you? This is literally my everyday outfit <laughs> this is my comfy outfit <laughs> um so i took like, the, fir- the first like chunk of that and then i just completely and then i rewrote it into this young writer who is um having an intern transpose his next manuscript having a a, 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 a mental breakdown and he just goes off on like, um, I'm a failure, everything sucks. And then he like turns to his uh, intern at the end and goes, hey, would you want to go on a date sometime? Um, which is just trashy and awful. And please, in real life, do not do this. <laughs> but it, it, was, it gets a lot of laughs. And the main thing was that I was showing people my personality. I was showing them that I had a fun energy. And it was making people laugh. I can't believe you got new agents with a monologue. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? So crazy. That's it's it's it, it is a funny thing to think about. That is so funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, I have and, a question. Yes. How did you feel like it? How did you know it was time, um, to make moves with your representation? I think that's a very hard question. And since mm-hmm. you you the reason I really wanted to talk to you is because we're we're kind of in the same like sphere of yeah, the acting totally. world. Mm-hmm. And I think you have such an interesting perspective because you kind of just got into this not just got into this acting, but like you're like starting to level up in your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was relatively recent in the last right. couple of years that you changed your reps. Yeah. So when did you know I it was time? have never not thought about moving on to the next level up. Okay. If I sign with somebody, I think, great. Is there a, uh, what is the time frame for this pe- for these people? And where do I want to go next? And what opportunities do I know these people can get me in the short term? Got it. Um, so, and uh, I actually, you know, and, and around the time that this podcast comes out, I will have probably made some changes by then, or I mm-hmm. will be making changes within those two weeks. Um, I was trying to uh, basically find um, new reps last year, and I got some good meetings, but people weren't interested in me because I didn't have any recent bookings, which is a whole infuriating conversation unto its own. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so when I signed with DDO, I was like, great. They could probably get me out for some good commercials and then like a, an okay theatrical thing if they sign me theatrically, but then who's next? Um, and then I signed with my current reps. Um, my manager, who I love and I plan on staying with for a bit, is wonderful. Um, but, you know, I've, I'm always thinking about like, it's a boutique. Is there a bigger place with a name that can really carry me forward? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you, you just, 
it's super healthy to stay present in your career and like be appreciative for what you have, but you also need to be strategizing and you need to be thinking about what's coming up next. How do you, is there a certain way that you do this? Do you keep like, do you keep track of anything? Do you keep notes? Mm -hmm. Do you keep like, how do you, or are you just open to opportunities? I'm just open to opportunities and I'm always talking to people about like who they know, Mm -hmm. you know, and and not in any obnoxious way, but I'm like, oh, that's a cool job. Tell me more about it. And then I'm like, oh, I've heard of that person. And then we hopefully talk about that. I'm never pushing for it, but I'm always like conscientious of the fact that it might be coming up in conversation. Cool. Um, And I, uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm a very ambitious person. Like I, I uh, very much want to be as successful as I can in the way that I want to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I um, am always thinking about what's next. And that can drive me a little bit insane. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I would recommend learning how to have a very healthy balance surrounding that to anybody who functions similarly. How have you worked that out? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> what if you just stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> just sit here silently. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, no, I think that I have had to put a lot less pressure on myself and um, realize that my career is not as important as it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a whole life outside of your career. Um, I am constantly in classes, not just acting classes, classes outside of that world as well. Cool, like what? Um, right now I'm studying piano. And I take singing lessons, and um, uh, I'm going to probably start doing dance classes soon because I really love dance. Um, and I love, like, experimental movement theater, which I studied for a while in college. And so, so like, cool. I, yeah, I invest myself in, in my hobbies, and I invest myself in my friends, and I invest myself in um, just things that are not specifically acting. Like the comedy stuff. I love working in stand-up comedy because it's not a world that I want to be successful in. Yeah, so what do you do in stand-up comedy then? So for a really long time, I was a, quote, intern at the Nerd Melt Comedy Venue. Oh, it's a, right, I live very close Yeah, you're close super there. close there, yes. aren't you? Yeah, in the back of Meltdown Comics. Unfortunately, both of those places are gone now, which is very sad. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know it, it is basically where Kumail Nanjiani got his start. Um, the Nerdist is there now. Yeah, the Nerdist. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just running tickets and concessions for their shows. Uh, I would do it probably twice a week. And I met some amazing people in the comedy world. Um, and now I help the producers of the show Hot Tub. Uh, great show for anybody who has not seen it. Um, it is hosted by Kristen Schaal and Kurt Broneler. And they do it every Monday at the Virgil in Silver Lake. Oh, um, cool. Oh, it's great. Uh, it's like, and you know, tickets are like six bucks when you buy them online. Oh, we should go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please let me know when you want to go and totally. we'll go. Okay. Um, and they have the best lineups. It's just like the best comedy. And so I will run their tickets. I'll help them run the booth. Um, uh, Joel and Mandy, who are the producers, have also kind of just like taken me under their wing. And they've helped me get some really cool opportunities with um, writing that I've done as well. Awesome. Um, that's another way to stay sane is I write. I write with a writing partner, and that is something that I would love to, of course, monetize and be successful mm-hmm. off of, and I've come close to opportunities with with that, but it's not something that I put pressure on myself to be successful with. Got it. So yeah. you're not, like, pursuing it. It's just, like, a side hobby. Yeah, exactly. It's a side hobby that, like, when, when I, I talk – again, I talk about it a lot with people, so when opportunities arise, I'm like, oh, would you mind maybe helping me out here? And then, you know um, – this project that my friend and I have been working on forever, we were developing with a certain social media app that it likes to make short, uh, short 
It's like vignettes. Vignette content. Skets, yes. Skits. Vin- what, 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 what just happened? Short form content. That's what I was going Sketch for. Was Jesus Christ. This for. is what happens when you let me talk too much. My brain stops working. We both are drinking ample amounts of coffee. Exactly. <laughs> um... Yeah, so we were we were under a development deal with them. Unfortunately, that fell apart. Mm. But we also this this same pr- project because of these people that I truly just help out at their show because I like doing it. They got me a, a pitch meeting at a network with this project, wow. which was crazy and not something I thought was going to come out of this. Um, so let's I, talk about what an actor's like at a pitch meeting. Oh, I performed like crazy. <laughs> Can you kind of walk us through what that was like? Yeah, so it wasn't a super formal pitch meeting. We were meeting with one exec. I feel like a lot of times they're not these days. Yes, it seems like to be the case because there's so informal. much content yes. that like they can't make a full pitch meeting out of everything. And I, I've heard they don't take the writers seriously if they're super buttoned up. Yeah, exactly. Like oh my God, casual. my dad was like, you should make a t-shirt with your show's logo on it and wire that in. And I was like, dad, that's the worst idea I've ever oh, I heard. I love that 1997 I idea. I know, it's <laughs> Classic Silicon Valley early tech so sort of thing. Cute. Yeah, it's like um, that's not something I will ever do. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, if you listen to this. Uh, uh, but um, <laughs> oh no, my dad's gonna be so mad if he hears that. Uh, I hope he listens. I could use the downloads, Dad. <laughs> I'll tell him too. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, I I like... really just perf- I just performed. I was like, it was the exact same mentality of like being a, a chill guy to hang out with. I was like, look for the joke opportunity. Tell him about the journey of creating this show and which we kind of lied about and like <laughs> just <laughs> to make it more it. exciting. <laughs> and then I honestly think that one of the things that being a performer really helped me with is that my writing partner, as he was speaking about it, just completely blew up, uh, drew a blank. Oh, he no. choked because he it doesn't like public speaking, which is why he's a writer director. Okay. And I noticed that he paused. And I didn't even register it him as I didn't even register it as him choking. I just s- sort of noticed a silence in the room, and I just jumped right in and finished what he was saying, basically. And just <laughs> so being a little on. neurotic really helped out in that situation. Who's neurotic? I don't, I don't know, know what you're talking about. Never in a million years. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is what an actor is like in a pitch meeting. You just you're you on. become the most type A version of yourself. Oh God, I cannot imagine what I would be like. (laughs) You would be, you would be very wonderful. I'm, I'm sure I'd be like pretend cool and like cry in my car. That's that sounds accurate. That's the name of my memoir. Yeah, but you're pretend (laughs) pretend cool crying in my car. Um, (laughs) but your pretend cool is really really cool. I know I fool people all the time. That think I'm cool. Very good at it. Thanks. That's a great skill to have in life. It's an actor thing. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Try being the chillest person. Yeah, being the chillest person to just chill guy to hang with. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that great advice? Yes, I love it. Oh, actually, one more Stroke. really um, great piece of advice that actually did come from the aforementioned father. Yes. Um, was I was sort of spinning out at the beginning of this year because 2018 was probably the best year of my career ever. And then 2019 was the absolute worst year of my career. Tell me why 2018 was so great, and then what happened in 2019? 2018 was when all those new reps finally started to pay off. I booked three commercials, one of which was a national commercial. I booked my first TV job. Was that the Humera one? That was the Humera commercial, yes. Because in Humera, it's just Matt. It's, it's just yeah, it's, it's Well, it's me and my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the commercial's about you. <laughs> but yeah, it, it truly is. Uh, it's wild. Um, that was the biggest blessing ever. And then I, a month later, booked my first uh, TV job, which was a recurring co-star on Ballers. And then, you know, we are um, 
our movie went to a festival and Sam mm-hmm. and I both got nominated for Best Actor and Actress, which was also super cool. Yep. It just and felt we like, lost together. And we lost together. <laughs> they had, yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very fun event, though. It was I had a good time. Fun. And the gala that they threw was really lovely. But yeah, so I had all of these really amazing things. And it was that situation of like, great, the world is my oyster. I don't have to try that hard because all of these opportunities are coming my way. And then 2019 was just dead. Barely auditioned. I booked one print job. It was so slow. Um, and I was like, oh, uh, I have to quit now. <laughs> Which, of course, I didn't. Uh-huh. And thank God my Humera commercial was running so much because right. I st- had a steady income. Um, which, if you are an actor who wants to be on television, get a commercial agent regardless because the money is so helpful if you book stuff. Um, I know actors who are like, I just don't want to do commercials. And they're booking TV, and I'm like, that's great, but you wouldn't have to also have a job waiting tables if you also booked some commercials here and there. That's true. You know? I mean, Listen, commercials are I mean, hard to book. I mean, good work if you can get it, right? Yeah, exactly. If you can get it. Big if. Especially yeah. with all the non-union commercials these days, yeah, which hopefully. do not pay very As well. Asco Union. Yay, sag after. Let's yeah, exactly. do it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, wh- how did you... Because I know what it feels like to be on an upswing, and right. then I know that it, it makes the downswing even worse. Yes. So this is going back to what I was about to say that my dad told me. Um, which is he gave me the brilliant advice while I was truly spinning out. He was like, just remind yourself to go back to neutral. Not even when something bad is happening, when something good is happening. When something good is happening in your life, remember, okay, where am I in this exact moment? Stay present and recognize that like this is temporary. The good stuff is temporary. And that uh, really helps the bad stuff also be temporary. You know, you just have to remind yourself that nothing is fixed. Um, so returning to neutral being a chill guy to hang with and returning to neutral have truly become my mantras <laughs> um, and have been really helpful. Uh, and, you know, 2020 has been off to a much better start than 2019 even was for the entire year. So how did you in 2019, obviously, so commercial was helping mm-hmm. with the income and stuff. Did you manage to stay in acting classes? Did you? Mm-hmm. How did you keep yourself present? Because sometimes the hardest part is not even the financial situation, which is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the hardest part is just continuing to be an actor, even when no one's offering to pay you to do it. Yeah. I um, think that if you're really doing, if you're really an actor because you love it, you should be seeking opportunities to, to study. Um, if you can afford it, because of course it's expensive. Yeah. So um, I'm always in an acting class. I go to Joe Anthony Studios. He's a brilliant teacher. Um, right. He was my professor at USC, actually, and oh, wow. uh, no longer works there. Um, but uh, a bunch of us followed him to his studio because we just love him. Um, and then I love to do uh, intensives as well. So Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago has a Western division. Okay. They have a three-week summer intensive that I did. Um, I don't know if it's currently still going on because one of the teachers, Alexandra Billings, who's on Transparent, has truly blown up, and she's doing her second second Broadway run right now. Wow. So I don't know if they have the availability to, like... Okay. Um, it's also taught by Jeff Perry, who was on Scandal. Oh, cool. Um, and it's wild to me because if, the, if it was... Uh, more widely advertised, people would be running at this thing because yeah. these are two really um, successful actors who are teaching. We know a class is good when they don't need to advertise. Like yeah, that. exactly. That's very true. Um, and then, so I did that one summer, and then in the summer after, I went and I studied. Uh, I studied clowning um, with Philippe Gaulier in France, um, which sounds very expensive, but was actually much more affordable than you would expect. 
Um, it was a two-week-long program. Uh, when was this? This was this past summer. Oh, my God. Yeah, this was, uh, this was in end of July, early August. And this man is the grumpiest, meanest person I've ever been taught by in my entire <laughs> life. He sits there with a drum in his lap, and if he doesn't like what you're doing, he hits the drum and just goes, no. <laughs> okay, so I love that you're having a really bad year, so you decided to go to France and study clowning. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I was like, I was like, I can, I can, uh, I've been saving up all of this commercial money. I can afford to do this. I should do this because, when in doubt, return to the craft if it's what you really love to do. Ooh, ooh, what a good quote. I know, <laughs> cheesy perhaps, when but but for me, very craft. true. No, it's true because yeah. there are uh, sometimes where you just want to knock it off because mm-hmm. you can't handle the stresses of it before. But like, and then you sit down and you go to acting class. Like I've had some rough weeks lately mm-hmm. and I'll be like, I don't even know if I want to go. Yeah, and absolutely. And I'll get to class and I'm so fucking glad oh, I'm there. Oh, 1000%. And like, even this week, um, I was having just the worst day just because mm-hmm. my romantic life, <laughs> not even necessarily an acting thing. Yeah. I just was having a terrible day. And I went to my acting class, and there was a part of me that was like, maybe I should just skip today because I don't want to do this. And it was a we were we were doing a scene where I basically had to to monologue for two pages, and I was like, I don't even remember what I'm supposed to say. Oh God! And then um, I ended up, I think, giving one of the best performances of my entire life, uh, truly, and it changed my mood entirely, and it has since sustained because it was just like, yeah, but this is why I'm doing this. and I will say that some of my best performance, most of my best performances have been in classrooms where nobody sees it except for the people that I am working with in that class. And you know, that should be enough. Um, it's not always, but it should be. We'll get there. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll take them out of the classroom eventually. Yeah, exactly. But until then, they exist. Yeah, That's they exist. The important and part. it's really satisfying. It's really satisfying to be able to let go and be like, this is what I can do. I've been doing this for so long, and I know that it's good and that I'm getting better and that I uh, have a support system. So, I mean, that's beautiful. I think that's where it is, right? Like you have to be satisfied with giving the best performance of your life in a classroom or mm-hmm. doing your lines so fucking good in your car. Like yeah. at some point in time that will translate onto an audition and then onto a set. Mm-hmm. But until then, if you can't enjoy it in those moments, then you're actually just coming from a place of ego. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, and you know, and, Wanting we oh do we? <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so those are you know those are all the ways that I um, keep myself in love with all of this. Cool. Because uh, the industry it can it can be very painful. Yeah. You know it definitely hurts to feel like nobody cares what you're doing. Um, yes. And then you remind yourself of the people that are around you that do care, and you remind yourself that you care. <laughs> Yeah. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Do you have any routines in place that you keep um, to keep yourself going? Because I know you recently quit um, some of your side work. Mm-hmm. So you are pretty much entirely. Yes, I am technically active. now a full-time actor. Because at, I, And at the moment, because we're not yeah. too humble to think that that might change at any time. Absolutely. <laughs> that is 1,000% true. So you are you are making these choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you put routines in place to give yourself a structure to your day? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You've done. Can, do you want to share those with us? Um, yeah. So I mean, of course, I have the classes that I take to mm-hmm. sort of keep myself in check. Um, 
You know, it's it's one of those funny, it's a very LA thing where you seem to constantly be busy, but you have no idea why. Yes. <laughs> oh I quit a job this year and I'm like, why am I so fucking busy yeah, still? I'm constantly busy. Um, <laughs> the writing is a big part of it. Great. Um, really investing in this project and seeing if it will take off at any point. Um, part of the reason that I quit my job was I was like, oh, I have this development opportunity. Um, I want to be able to fully focus on that. And I didn't need my job at that point. Great. Um, so that was that really helped that transition out of having a regular part-time job. Um, I also uh, spent a lot of time just like, I mean, I have a list of people on my phone that I'm like, I need to be getting coffee with these people. I need to be checking in regularly. I need to be like getting photos done, taken by my friends who like to take photos. Uh, you know, I'm That's just great. thinking about what's next. Uh, I have another short film that I'm writing. Um do you, do you I have invested in my fitness life. You know, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, you did. <laughs> he looks banging. Thanks. Uh, do you keep a structure to that? Do you keep like a checklist? You said a list in your phone. Mm -hmm. I'm always curious how people structure their quote unquote networking or general like viability in LA. Yeah, I just keep, um, I keep a journal of like the important auditions that I've had. I mean, all auditions are important, but the ones where I'm like, these are people who are going to give me a lot more opportunity. Yes. So I have a journal for that. I have like a list of casting directors and their emails. I have a list of people who I just want to be checking in with. I have my calendar. I'm always putting stuff in on my calendar and scheduling. Um, I also invest a lot in my social life with my friends. My friends really help keep me grounded, especially because a lot of them are not film people. Cool. Um, so I try to spend a lot of time with them. It's, oh, and then, you know, I, uh, in, God, it was three months of my life, I think, last year, at the end of last year, I, um, did a musical with the, um, Actors Co-op in Hollywood, and that paid me, uh, what, $11 a performance, but yes. it was my first time getting back <laughs> performing live and singing, and that was an amazing amount of time that I spent working on that show. Talk about checking the actor box for yeah, the day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that, so, um, it's the same thing where I'm like, I'm always thinking about maybe who's going to rep me next or mm -hmm. what casting director I'm going to meet next. I'm also always thinking about like, what project am I going to work on next? That's going to keep me, um, busy and interested. Do you do mailings or anything like that? Like, I actually do do? don't really okay. do mailings. I am going to start, uh, especially cause we have the film coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Um, but, that's that's one of those things where I'm like, if I'm spamming these people with mail uh, and I don't have anything to tell them about, yeah, why why are they gonna care? And right. you know, and then, then and then I'm that annoying guy that's sending them a bunch of postcards. Yeah, I feel like you have to. And I've uh, Brian Pataka has been on this podcast a lot of times, and he uh, a lot of times, two times. And that's a lot. And it's a lot. <laughs> and uh, and he has shared with us a bunch of his ideas about networking. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of boiled it down to I send them when I have something. Uh, something to announce, like mm -hmm. a show, to, which is very few and far between. Right, of course. So I also send them when I think of a really funny postcard idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's Please tell me more about that. Because That's fascinating. Because I'll tell you, like you can make a coupon for them for like one free audition appearance. Oh, you can my God. That, has, that, has that worked for you? I, fuck if I know, but... That's awesome i think well because they get so many a day to to one to be like one free me showing up at your office <laughs> like i feel like it's just like one i would find that i would say. find that very charming and the people who get it get it and the people mm -hmm. who don't whatever it's gonna wind up in the recycling yeah. bin anyway exactly so, i like, also I spent what like a dollar on that i also love the mentality of like you only really want to work with the people who get it yes you know that's 
I've had a weird feedback about the podcast and the name of the one broke actress sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if people don't earn in on the joke, then yeah. we might not need to, we might be taking ourselves a little too seriously yeah, exactly. to work together. And then, you know, I believe that uh, like people attract like people. So if those people are taking themselves too seriously, chances are some of the other people around them are taking themselves too seriously. So it's like, all right, well, that's maybe not the world that I'm supposed to be working with <laughs> right. right right at this moment. <laughs> um, of course, you're open to any opportunity that comes your way, but right. still. Do you uh, constantly update your reel? Do you, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so curious about how often you're doing this now that you're getting new footage. Mm-hmm. And now that you're, this is such a fun time to talk to you about this because it's very transitional. And like, it is very transitional. Are you a little nervous? It's really, this time, it's really weird. I, uh, okay. I think an artist or an actor's biggest um, enemy is their fear Mm -hmm. because it super prevents you from presenting your full self. Um, and I am super scared because what I'm mostly afraid of is that like I do feel like I am primed for some really great opportunities to come my way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of the right pieces in place. I'm super afraid that that will make no impact. That rejection w- will be painful. And it's entirely possible that it will come like that. You know, it's entirely possible that these people at these larger name agencies aren't going to want to represent me. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's okay because I am not giving up anytime soon. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that's where the nerves lie, but otherwise it's mostly just exciting. You know, I'm like super stoked that like, should I announce the movie? Should I mention that? I mean, yeah, I'll have done a little pre-roll before this about how we kind of know each other, but this will be, this is a great time too. Okay. Awesome. So on April 10th, uh, Sam Valentine and I will be in theaters in, in the film followed. Um, we are going to be released in roughly 200 theaters across the country, is what we've been told, mm-hmm. um, and in 10 major markets, which is is not a small number for sure. Um, yeah, I have, I'll take one theater. Yeah, exactly. Like you will be able to buy a movie ticket to see us, which is a crazy idea. It's super, really cool. Super cool. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Cecilia. I feel like mom's really excited. <laughs> I know she's us. so excited. It's so sweet. <laughs> um, and you know, Sam and I play the two leads in the film. Um, and, and it's truly so much of my face that I, it, is a lot of it makes me a little nauseous to watch, Aww. honestly. No, it's so much. <laughs> you still have to go see it one time with me. Uh, yeah, no, you and you're the only person I'm going to see it with. Okay, great. I mean, maybe like a couple of our friends who want to come, but like, yeah. that's the occasion that I'm going to go see this movie. Okay, great. People keep being like, oh, are you going to see it with me? And I'm like, no. No. I've seen it four times. But I'll get a drink with you after and I'll tell you everything about the scenes you have got Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so... I am doing whatever I can to capitalize on that as much as possible. Can I ask what your plan is? Yeah, so... I love details. Um, I mean, my manager and I have just been talking about it a lot. And Great. the plan is to wait until reviews have come in, or like even if they're polarizing reviews, uh-huh. and use that to capitalize off of. I am talking to as many people as possible who are going to give me good referrals to different casting offices, different agencies, and the plan is to basically, in early April, send that out to as many people as possible. Make as many postcards and send those out to the offices a week ahead just to make sure that people know that it's even happening because it's a found footage horror movie and I'm sure plenty of these casting people aren't going to go see it because a lot of people don't want to watch a horror movie because it scares them. Yeah. But that's also why there's a big audience for it because some people love that. Um, And then uh, I have been talking to my own um, 
I've been meeting with a PR agency to have my own PR rep for the film as well. Amazing, um, Matt. That's awesome. Which is really cool. I'm not sure if I'm going to go through with it. I'm really lucky. The person that I'm talking to is somebody that uh, actually went to USC with me. She works for an amazing office. And um, she was basically like, because you're the lead in the movie, the, the film's PR may be enough. Um, but if I think that there's an opportunity here for us to work together, then I will tell you. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you that it's just not worth it. So she's being very honest with me. That's great. Which is great because PR, a lot of people don't know this, is the most expensive part of being an actor. Yes. It is mind-blowing how much because it costs. Because you don't pay them a percentage. You pay them just a fee. A fee. You pay them a fee, and it's a huge fee. It's huge. And, you know, you can pay certain PR firms a cheaper fee, um, but it's just not going to get you as many of the opportunities as you maybe want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one of those things where, in my opinion, you either go all the, all in or you don't do it. You know what I yeah. mean? Or, you know, sometimes the, the lower cost ones could be helpful regardless. But for me, I'm at this place where I'm like, I'm either 100% in it or I'm not. Um, well, and if you have the availability to do it and it feels right yeah, for this, exactly. then that's fantastic. Yeah. So that's part of my plan as well. Cool. Um, my, I just want as many people to know about it as possible. And uh, that's what I'm trying to make happen. That's awesome. Yeah. It's exciting. It's really cool. To like be posting about it on Facebook and have people from high school who are just like so excited that there's a movie that I'm in that they're going to be able to see in a theater. You uh, know? I know. Everyone from the small towns I've lived at are like, is it in every theater? And I'm like, well. Like, well, you got to drive somewhere. <laughs> it's not like a Marvel movie, guys. Yeah, exactly. It's not in every theater. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I think it's technically called a select release, not a limited release. I okay. don't know how that works, really. I don't know what the difference um, between those things is. Uh, yeah, I don't really know if there if is If somebody wants to tell us. Yeah, please somebody do. please tweet or whatever. Deadline announced it as a select release. Cool. Which I believe is a step above limited. Listen, I'll take a deadline release any day of the week. Yeah, and it's you and me in that photo. I know. It's I super be cool. Um, fun little note. If you yeah. see the deadline release, if anyone saw that, or I'll post it on my um, Instagram when I do this. Um, Cecilia, remind me, because she's so good at note-taking. Um, <laughs> but that picture from that scene is a scene we shot in eight minutes. Oh, I forgot about that. We had to end our day. So we shot the whole scene in eight minutes, including lighting and touch-ups and everything. We flew through that. And it, it's honestly one of my favorite scenes. I, and you know what's... Th- I think that's a testament to, for the actors who are just getting their feet wet, especially doing a lot of indie movies, you might not feel like you're always like in the biggest set or in the biggest place, but if you can can connect with the people you're acting with, even if it's just when the camera's rolling, mm-hmm. you will save production time. Yeah. You'll be better at your job. Yeah. And then you're going to get more jobs yeah. because time is money and people want to work with you if you can make and save them that. Absolutely. And I think that what was so great about working with you is that when we were acting, a lot of the times it just felt like a conversation. And we were improvising so much that that really just made it so much better, I thought. Yeah. We, uh, we got the opportunity to do a really cool... Uh, the, the set itself and the way everything worked was, uh, it was a very well put together production and kind of a, a big deal at the time. Yeah. Uh, but it also felt very family style mm-hmm. in what totally. we were doing. And we would all get a beer together every day after we wrapped mm-hmm. because I was wearing big baggy clothes oh my the whole time. Cause I was the sound girl. Yeah. You were in the, it crew. was so funny when you were just like, this is the most comfortable I've ever been on a set. And I was like, like size oh my zero God. white pants and I'm yeah. a four to a six. <laughs> so I got to be in comfy clothes. So I'd have a burger at lunch. That's and have a beer. so funny. So it was a blast for me, but, 
uh, I think it's a it, it's special in a lot of ways, and I think you can you can tell when actors are vibing together. Yeah, what for have sure. you learned from being on sets from ours to other ones? Uh, like, what makes a good set for you? Wow, that's a really good question. I honestly think it's just like being able to have casual conversation is the biggest part of it for me. I'm like. I want to just be able to socialize. I'm not somebody who needs to stay in character when in between takes. I, it doesn't really help me that much. Mm-hmm. Even even if it's something really emotional, I'm like, you know, just just let's just laugh and relax because I'm so much I'm do so much better when I'm relaxed. So a set where I can I can joke where the DP is my friend even mm-hmm. if like we just met that day, but like those those are the sets where I, like I think everybody does well. I think the more you make room for people to breathe, um, the better they're going to perform. I don't believe in like a militant like you better do this right. I uh, for for something so creative, I don't think that that's super helpful. Mm. Um, and we were given so much room to breathe on that set. I mean, <laughs> uh, the Todd Click, our writer, literally told us on the first day, like you know, if you think something should, dialogue should change or you need to rearrange something in the scene, just do it. <laughs> and like, we did. And boy, did we! <laughs> Which personally is how I love to work. Um, if I could have that kind of ad-libbing freedom on every set that I worked on, I would do that. But also, Aaron Sorkin, if you're listening, will still work for you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm very good at being word perfect. <laughs> I'm also awesome at that, yes. too. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see where, where, what happens next. I don't think I've had a movie in this many theaters Yeah, before. I'm curious. What, are you, what, are you, what is your plan? Uh, well, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, at the moment, don't have reps that are super involved in my mm-hmm. career, um, and they're they're still great, but they're just not as hands-on. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm probably going to piggyback with you and see mm-hmm. what we can do together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, 100%. Uh, because we've, it's an actor thing, right? Like, we've developed such a good rapport, and yeah. you and I are friends, and mm-hmm. this is something we could probably tackle together. So I agree. I want to share it with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I mean, if you guys aren't following One Broke Actress, I'll be sharing um, kind of what the process of this is, like on the back end of having a film come out. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. I think it's also interesting that we shot it four years ago. It's wild. Because, you know, three and a half years ago, whatever, because um, it feels like I'm a different person than I was when I shot that movie. Yeah, it's 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 a little rough to go back and watch something that you shot so long ago and be yes. like, there, there are different choices I would have made. But I do think it's very good to know that that's what that feels like before mm-hmm. it happens on a bigger stage. Yes, totally. Because this happens all the time. I mean, totally. look at all the movies that are getting pushed back from coronavirus. Yeah. Please, dear God, go see our movie, even yes. though you might, you won't get sick. I you promise. will not get sick if you go sit in the movie theater and watch our movie. You are going to be fine. Just, you know, you know you could wash do, your hands. I think we should bring back the opera gloves. <laughs> and make, and make like our movie fabulous. just like this very fabulous thing. And it's we're very, all in, like, very Roxy Hart in Chicago. That's a so funny. can dream. I do, I do want to mention um, the very bizarre process of this and the timeline of this film especially for me because so I self-submitted for this role on LA Casting um, which is did everyone hear that he self-submitted for a role on LA Casting and now it's going to be in theaters it was just nuts so important it's just not a wild thing um, and let me tell you also because right now technically my job is just acting right I'm still self-submitting on Actors Access. I'm at this point where I re- recognize that I want new footage, and I'm not going to just wait for a co-star to come along before I 
get that. So yeah, because that's probably not even good footage. No, probably not. <laughs> my footage. I mean, they cut me out of ballers. I don't know if I told you that they cut me. They cut my dialogue out, and the footage that you do see of me is pretty much unusable. I got cut out of AP Bio last year too. I remember that happening. What yeah, I should have called you and talked to you about that because I, we went through the same experience. thing. It's very bizarre. I. Fortunately, saw it coming for myself. Oh, you did? Yes. Um, because I knew that they changed my line right before. Because it was it was literally, I was like a guy working in an office handing a phone off to Rob Corddry. Um. And um, they had Rob and The Rock, who was a dream to work with, um, uh. on their cell phones and instead of on landlines. And I was like, well, then an assistant wouldn't be handing off the phone call. So they changed my line to like, transferring the call now to your cell phone. And I was like, they're going to they're gonna cut this line. Oh, yeah, you knew. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Um, so fortunately, I had that heads up okay um yeah it's weird when you because i po- I was like you may or may not see me on tv tonight mm-hmm. and then relatives from families that don't really know how, how LA it works, works. like it's so weird I, is your episode next week and i was like nope that was my ponytail yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and you know you did get to see my face at least on ballers That's fantastic. Um, there was this very funny thing because i was in two episodes there's this very funny thing where they had me in the crowd of uh uh, employees on the second ep- on the second episode I was in, and Rob Corddry's giving this big inspiring speech that was very funny, and everybody else in the crowd was like sitting there grumpy, and I was like, well, I'll make a different choice because I'm standing here, and I'll be like really into what he's saying, and I like mouthed the words "fuck yeah" to myself while I was like watching him, and they ended up dubbing in somebody else's voice going "fuck yeah" yeah over my mouth moving, and I was just like. <laughs> Guys, I was the co-star. You could have just called me and I would have come done ADR for that. Oh <laughs> it was no, very it's funny. it's cheaper to use the loop group. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, so that was very funny. So, okay. So back to um, back to Followed. Yes. So I self-submitted for this role. Um, they didn't even have a script yet. I improvised in the audition, which is why I knew it was a project that I would be interested in because I love ad-lib and improv. Um, mumblecore, as people call it sometimes. Mm. Um and then they just kind of kept checking in with me every few months, being like, the project's still going to happen. Are you still in? And I was like, I'm sure I don't got anything else going on. I, and I would have thought, sure, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Thought, it was very much my it. attitude. I was like, it's probably not going to happen, whatever. Then they cast Tim Dreyer, mm-hmm. uh, who's in the movie. It's and they cast um, the actress who was originally in your role, who ended up dropping. Thank um, God. Yeah, thank God I don't she know who did. She was, but no, and you know, <laughs> I, I met her a couple times because I was at her callback and. I'm so glad that you ended up on this film. It's so funny. I didn't, I don't, did I know that someone else fell out? Yes. I think I knew I've that. definitely told you that was, before. Yeah. Yeah. She was super sweet, but you're so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's just funny because I read it and I was like, oh, this is me. Yeah. Well, and sh- you also brought a different vibe to the character entirely. It's so fascinating. And and I thought a much, a much more suitable vibe as well. I, I literally read it and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go in and be myself. Yeah, Slightly and you sarcastic, killed it. Mediocre, doesn't yeah. really want to be there. I remember <laughs> when you did when you read for it. I was like, no, she should be the one. You yeah, know, that was also a weird audition because because I, I was there. You were there. Yeah. So I was working with you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we were like on like almost a stage area with like lots of chairs. Strange. And uh, strange the, room. The Kelsey who ends up playing your fiance, uh, fiance, fiance. Yes, was mm-hmm. in the waiting room with me, and we were both reading for both roles. Yes. So I was. And there was a third girl as too. well who were all reading for. Oh, that's you right. You were all reading for both roles. And uh, and I remember meeting her and thinking, "There's no way she's going to book this role of Danny." And then she ends up getting the exact right role of the sweet girl. Yes, and I, I end completely up agree. The I completely one. agree. Everything fell into place, and yeah. it's just so funny how. Well, we're so lucky because. 
that happens. God, you and Kelsey joined the team, and you were both just the most exceptionally wonderful people to work Aww, with, too. I love you. I, so stop. <laughs> we had so much fun. And we so had I so hope, much fun. I hope you can see it when you yeah. go, because I know all of you. Listen, listeners, I know the number of you. I know. So she expects you. that many exact ticket that sales. Many. And I wish I could be like, use code broke25. <laughs> I know. Well, honestly, you should. You Maybe maybe there's a way to set that up. Who I knows? I don't know. I have no idea. I either. mean, I want them to make all the revenue they can off That's this. Fair. So I'm That's not going to do a discount. But uh, I do think that it's important to support friends and mm-hmm. uh that's another thing that i think is just of the utmost importance if you have a friend who has a show or theater like, yes you should absolutely if, go see it if they have an improv show every weekend like i get it you don't need mm-hmm. to go every weekend right. but at least go one time right like i uh i try to go to as many friends things as possible because i know there are times i'm gonna be cashing in <laughs> april 10th um <laughs> Cashing in on a lot of favors. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and this is a good time to do so. <laughs> yes. um, anyways, so I booked the job, and then we didn't shoot the movie for a full year. Yeah. And then the movie wasn't finished for a full year after that. And then we went to the festival a year and a half after we shot the movie. And now a year and a half after that, the movie's getting released. So this has been the movie that has never died, and it has been a four-year process. And maybe there's a reason. Uh, no, I think that there is a reason. I mean... Antoine, the director, and Matt, the um, producer, are workhorses. They will not give up on this project, and I'm so glad that they won't. Because they know that there's a good audience for it, and they know that like they've put so much heart and soul into it, and it, I'm so grateful for that, because now we get to be seen by people because of it. So, it's really nice. Oh, yeah, I had a guest on uh, earlier this season um, named Jenica, and she talked about the process that goes into making a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was tired by the time we hit the the planning stages. <laughs> so, I just want to give a big ah, shout so out real. to everyone who gets to this point because this is a goddamn miracle. Yeah, it really truly is being in theaters and I know No that, matter what the content of anything is, yeah. whether it's the most magnificent thing in the world uh-huh. or the shittiest thing in the world, uh-huh. the fact that you can get to a finished process and yeah. get to be shown is just like that's why when you see a TV show that you don't like, like the fact that the TV show is on <laughs> is a miracle. Patton Oswalt was on uh, some some talk show at one point in time, and they were talking about being in shitty movies, and he was like, you have no idea how much work goes into a shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's so true. So that's oh. a little secret for us in Hollywood, I guess. Oh, if only yes. everybody knew about that. Yeah, tell all your family so they stop yeah. bothering you about when your shit comes yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There is one other thing that is separate from the film, which we're super excited about. Yeah. Uh, I would talk about, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Humera commercial. Yes. Because, um, so I had said, you know, you and I have talked about goals before, setting like timeline goals for yourself and your career, which is not always the healthiest thing to do. It's tough. Um, if you do set those goals, be super flexible about them. Don't shame yourself for not meeting them, right? But a goal that I had set for myself was I want to be fully living off of my acting money by the time I'm 30. And that ended up happening between ages 25 and 26, which was crazy. And what I, what's really lucky, this specific commercial, I do both the on-camera and the voiceover for it, which is technically two separate jobs, so it's two separate paychecks. Wow. It's wild. It's truly, truly wild. Um, this was so cool they let you do that. That's not common. No, not common at all. Also, the way that they recorded it was the audio was wild. We just uh, set up. Were a, you like on set in a car? Yeah, we were on set, and they like had like a like a like a cart that they put a blanket over, yes. and then they made me stand in the blanket. I've <laughs> done that for a commercial, and I was in a car. It's they crazy. Just had me record the voiceover, and I was like, "This is going on national television." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the audio ends up being gorgeous. You yes. know. Um, and then they just have played this commercial like 
a nuts amount. A lot of people must need Humira. Uh, I guess so. I hope they continue to need it. I mean, I hope they're healthy and whatever, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope the medication is working. Um, A lot of people love to come up to me and say, how's your stomach? And I'm like, cool. Thanks, guys. (laughs) I don't actually need the medication in case anybody was wondering. Hopefully, the advertising company doesn't get mad at me for saying that. (laughs) They got fine. Actor portrayal. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, But I ended up achieving this goal, but it looked nothing like what I thought it would. That was the main thing. It did not look, and it wasn't as satisfying because there was a picture in my head of what that would look like, which was like being on a series regular, uh, being a series regular on a TV show and having that be my paycheck and then getting the next job because of that. No, in reality, what happened was I booked this one amazing job and then nothing came after it. (laughs) And so, you know, these goals that we set, it's sort of like when you make a wish. And when people make wishes in movies and like it always has a bad side effect, it's sort of like if you set a goal for yourself, you might meet it, but it might not be the way that you want it to be met. And um, that will be complicated and you have to accept that reality. And I still make goals for myself, but I make them in a way more vague way and I um, am much more flexible about them. Um, because I'm super lucky to be where I am. It's such a blessing. I feel so fortunate, but also, um, I have to think about what's next and Mm -hmm. I want to do it in a way that is healthy. So, yeah. I mean, I think you're a one to watch my friend. I feel like you. you. I think that I truly think that about you too. I'm not joking when I tell you, you're one of the most talented actresses I've ever worked with. I remember there is a scene in the movie where she has to get a little bit emotional and I was like, oh, okay, cool, interesting, because you were like, you were playing this really chill character, you were the grounding force as the character, you were just like that person Mm -hmm. in the movie and then there's, I I hope I'm not spoiling things, there's a moment where you're emotionally maybe a little bit broken Yeah. and watching you go from zero to 60 was mind-blowing and you did it like 20 times. We did it a lot. Yeah, you did it a lot and you nailed it every single time and it was genuine and it was grounded (laughs) and it wasn't over the top and I was amazed, I was a, I my, I already respected you a lot, but my respect for you just exploded after that. I mean, thank you. That means very much. I have to give credit to Sarah Mornell for that because she taught us how to blow up the emotions and then bring them back home. Yeah, she was the totally. first ever podcast on this. Oh, um, amazing. Uh, guest on this podcast. Um, thank you. You're so sweet. I don't think that you would be where you are headed if you didn't also have equally talented uh, background behind you and thank you very much ahead of you. Sweet. And I'm so freaking excited to be yeah. a part of your journey. Like, <laughs> I'm excited to be a part of your journey. Too. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, we get to know each other in Los Angeles for a long time, I know. which is good. And, and you know, know there are so many times where I think about quitting still, even though I have these cool opportunities coming my way. I constantly think about quitting. Yes. And I'm like, well, shouldn't I just go be a barista in Berlin? <laughs> That's my fantasy. All the time. I mean, I, uh, right before we did, got this podcast, I was let mm-hmm. go from one of my side jobs because coronavirus doesn't have enough, is affecting too many things for them to keep me employed. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know if I want to go talk about acting right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I am so glad that I'm here. Like we said, like, mm-hmm. I'm so glad I'm here with an actor talking about acting, talking about creativity, because mm-hmm. this is what it's all about. Yeah. And if I can find a way to sustainably do this. It feeds, it really feeds it and just keeps it healthy and steady. Yeah. And you know, you have to remember the big picture of it all. Like we've got a lot of time still. We're, even though we are made to feel like we're old, yes, we are constantly. still very young. <laughs> We are still very, very young, and there's still a lot of opportunity for us. And, and you know, it's definitely a little bit harder for women because they care so much about age. But it's changing. 
the market for that is changing, which is the most beautiful thing. And, and I it's think it's so important. Because people are writing and mm-hmm. telling different stories. And yeah, exactly. I think it's, uh, I'm excited to like age a little bit in this industry. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm excited to see what you do. Thanks. I want to see you play like a really, really mean, evil person. I think that would be so fucking, fun. I'm trying. I cut all my hair off. <laughs> I'm trying to look like a bitch. Like <laughs> Right now, to me, you look like you would be like the exec on like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, which is a good, which is a good vibe. I love <laughs> Uh, well, you've complimented me enough for today. So probably wrap it up. Uh, I love you so freaking much. I love you too. This time flew by. Uh, I know. Oh, I feel like there's so much to talk about. I know. We could. Well, we'll have Matt back on after he hires PR and goes through that and tell us what that all is about. Yeah, totally. I would love um, to. Where do you want to direct people to other than uh, April 10th? Our movie comes out. Please watch it. Please watch it. Please watch you it. Please watch it. Followed. It's going to be in theaters. Okay. Uh, a few things. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at that Matthew Solomon. Um, my website is matthewsolomon.work. Work. <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> um, and then, so our movie comes out on April 10th, and then also on April 6th, uh, I am in a radio play called May 4th Voices, which is about the um, shooting at Kent State University back in the 70s. Wow. Yes, during the Vietnam riots where the um, uh, armed guard shot at and killed seven college students. I remember this. And um, what's really cool about this project is that it is a bunch of um, family and alumni from Kent State. My dad was a Kent State student, um, and they know that his son is an actor. One of the people credited on the play as well is actually Tina Fey, which is super cool. Wow. Um, so that'll be coming out on April 6th. Where, where can you find that? Um, that, I believe, I actually, they haven't given me all the details about where it's releasing. Okay. I know that the university is going to be doing it through their NPR channel. Oh, cool. I just don't know what to what degree. So I'll be posting about it on my Instagram okay, when great. it comes out and um, hopefully mentioning it in other interviews, which I hope to be doing. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> oh, I love you. All right, come back soon. Love you too. Absolutely. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Matthew Solomon, I love you so much. I am so excited to watch your career blossom. And I'm also excited to finally announce when we hear when our movie's going to be out. Uh, It's obviously not April 10th, guys. I will keep you updated as to when that is. But you should definitely check out Matthew because he's just a babe. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of episode 11. Wow. One more fully official podcast episode left for the season, but I promise I won't leave you high and dry during your particular quarantine of choice because there will be more stuff coming out. Um, I can't recommend enough. Audrey Helps Actors just put out a really great financial assistance episode during these coronavirus times, uh, so you guys should definitely check that out. She is just such a wealth of knowledge. Um, I'll have more stuff for you too. I'm not entirely sure yet what. We're kind of seeing where the chips fall around here but uh i'll definitely keep you guys fully fully updated and we will march forward to the best of our abilities all right guys this podcast is created and hosted by myself sam valentine with production help from cecilia trip and laurel canyon creative guess what guys next week's episode is cecilia trip interviewing me that's right. That's what we're ending the season on. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Maggie Zabo for your beautiful theme song. Thank you to Circumpunk Studios Photography and WeAudition.com for sponsoring this podcast. All right, guys, stay safe. I'll talk to you next week.